Welcome back to the show. Chris Tim and Travis Farrell and the great Chris Gardner here. Got your picks of the decade coming up. Uh, it looks as if the Midcoast studio has been delivered a box. Travis, who's that box addressed to? This box is addressed to uh, the lovely folks here at Midcoast Media mm -hmm. Attention. Mm -hmm. Travis Terrell mm -hmm. uh, from a gentleman from South Florida. Is it Gwyneth Paltrow's head? We'll see. Could be. All right. So uh, a young gentleman. He's a listener, a watcher, if you will, big of Mike. the program. A watcher. Um, Those are in the book of Enoch. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you would read that. Uh, all right. Hopefully I don't stab myself. Oh. I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't think I you are. I don't think I'm just putting holes in things now. Well, why don't you? Okay. Why don't you? Okay. Talk, am, talk amongst yourself. Yeah, I know okay. how to so get Travis into a box. Doing, uh, <laughs> well, it's not the way I usually get it. An unboxing. Um, Big Mike has sent this You're in. Struggling. It's yeah. I'm actually, do you want me to step it's in? It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah, this is very. You, got, you just. You, you, you just. Okay. You go here. Okay. Slice. Okay. All right. And we'll see what's in the box, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, not as not as easy as it looks, huh? Oh, I'm not slicing holes in it. That should do something for you. Okay. Can you open the box? Okay, we cannot seem to open you the box. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> the blade was kind of crappy, but it was This is like when Geraldo really got into Al Capone's vault. <laughs> it's exactly yeah, like, like how's that. this go? Okay. <laughs> so what's in the box? What do we have? What do you think it is, Travis? Uh... Rihanna's ass? No, I don't think that's a, how that works. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know what kind of box this is. Okay, so there's another lid? It's like a lid on top. Oh, of lids! Lid. You love lids. I do. I do love the lids, though. All right. Okay. Okay. There's more. There's All more right. boxes. Is there more box? There's more boxes on box. Oh boy. Okay. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> Gardner. <laughs> this is the best. This is the best. We have a trophy bear. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. We have that official, was quite something. That's <laughs> we have an official letter as well. An official letter from the. Oh my goodness. An official letter. From oh. the President of the United yeah. States, we have ourselves a Trumpy bear. Oh, big Mike coming through. Holy oh, shit. My goodness. With the this official is the funniest thing I've Trumpy ever seen. Bear. Normally, I'm scared Would of bears. Would you like bears. to read it, Chris? I'll, uh, I'll read it. Yeah, look at that hair. Look at that. Huh. Oh, look at that. Oh, zippering. This is hilarious. This Stitching. is delightful. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I'm in not my life. scared of it. Dear Travis Blackfish Terrell. <laughs> Happy Kwanzaa to my most bigly <laughs> hater. <laughs> I hear all the fake news you spread starting somewhere between 8.07 and 8.25 every weekday morning, depending on which hawk attack you've just survived. And let me tell you something. That hawk is a great symbol of the greatest country in the world, Russia. <laughs> so I have some respect and accept this gift as a token of my greatness. You're welcome. 
And then it says, uh, this is not really from Trump. Calm down. <laughs> there's a, a signature if you want to put them together. So Big Mike coming oh through my with the gift God. That's hilarious. for Travis Terrell. We'll have to get a, a photo of this. Look at this that. is wonderful. This is what a day in history. This is fantastic. Yeah. Get a close so I can get a camera three there. Yeah, hold on a second here. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Look at that fucking ear. <laughs> mm. Mm -mm -mm. Is that a per that's Official. a perfect that's a perfect document. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> wow, this is so freaking hilarious. I don't know what to say. This is the best gag gift I've ever gotten in my entire life. This is hilarious. This is like uh, this is funny. This is this is really funny. Job well oh. done. That's fucking funny. Oh That's good. God. I yeah. Uh, God you know. bless Trumpy Bear. <laughs> after everything, after everything, this is this is. I will have okay. Tip of the cap. That's pretty fucking funny. The Great American Grizzly. <laughs> God bless Trumpy Bear. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's funny. Oh my God. That is great. Look at you petting it. Oh, that is Look some you funny. That mop. Oh man, this God. is gonna be a. Now that's one hell of a mascot. I don't know. Where's it made? See where it's made. Oh yeah, God, that's good a question. Where's your guess? Indonesia. I God, that would be. I don't. I can't believe now I'm doing what Trump does to the models he see. Okay. okay. I'm doing to this bear. Okay. All right, oh, I don't there know. you go. Oh goodness. Oh. Uh, the, <laughs> Did you find it? Uh, unless it's like on the inseam. Yeah. Is there something? I don't see anything either. Yeah. Maybe they don't want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Does it talk? Is there like an American flag or something inside of you? Oh, no. Oh, wait. It unzips, remember? It does unzip. It unzips oh. and the flag comes out. Oh, oh there's oh, more my. to this, boys and girls. Oh, wow. No way. Trumpy Bear. Trumpy Bear has. <laughs> oh, that's. Look at that. <clears throat> does that make you want to kneel? I'm about to right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Should I, Chris? No, I mean, I don't. Oh, I mean, there we go. Here we go. Tis the season. There you go. That's how you are, Trumpy Bear. Yeah. All right. Does Trumpy Bear fuck that flag like Trump wants to? <laughs> uh, but I think they were whole. I think they were smart not to put where it was made. <laughs> it was smart. Maybe it's inside that pouch. It probably is. This is, let's see if it's anywhere on the flag. Okay. This is delightful. Hold that flag up again. Somewhere, Lee Greenwood just got a boner. Oh, man. How many of those? Do you think he has a Trumpy Bear collection? Yeah, he probably has an entire house dedicated to Trumpy Bears. That's great. Thank you, Big Mike. You are the man. This is the funniest thing ever. Well, this is uh, who better to reside over our hilarious. picks of the decade. This is great. <laughs> yeah, what a better way like, to. I was so shocked by that. It's such a surprise. Like that, I had, that's a I legitimate no surprise. Words. Yeah, I like I saw your face. You literally could not speak. No, that's why I just laughed hysterically when so I saw good. like and it just hit me what it was <laughs> as soon as I opened. So good. <laughs> and in a weird way, I kind of wish Gwyneth Paltrow's head was in the box. <laughs> <laughs> this was not what I was expecting. <laughs> Ah, what a great way, though, Chris, for us to kick off our picks of the decade. I don't know if we have music. No, we, we do, have, actually. We do ready? have music? Oh, okay. Yeah, here you go. Uh, Chris, this oh, is... Not music. Uh, okay. Do it one more time. Do it one more time. Now, boys and girls, it is 
the last week of 2019, which means it's time for our picks of the decade. And believe it or not, coyotes. You don't have to have eight women around you twerking. Thank you. (laughs) I thought these two portraits and those two sound bites encapsulate a lot of what's happened over the last 10 years. You know what? Yes. That sound about those dudes sound bites yeah. were just they I would mean, yes the, the portraits here those sound bites the portraits oh, Trump obviously good. wanting to have sex with the flag and uh, Obama and I'm going with a tan suit yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah I think that kind of gets to where we're at that's outstanding <laughs> all right we got like seven categories here. okay and we each have now this isn't the best of the decade necessarily. This is what we consider our picks. Right. This is personal to us. I, I, I had a little trouble with that because of uh, I ended up going with, no, that's the bigger thing on a few, ta- on a few things. Well, I didn't let's go fully it. personal. Let's yeah. discuss it as we go along. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think we'll go in order each time with Chris, Travis, and then myself. Um, and we'll start with the movie. The movie of the decade for you. And with Chris... We have this. Mud. And then he just wanted to have an excuse to have Matthew McConaughey's shirt off. <laughs> I didn't ask for the shirtless picture. That was a Gardner choice. Yeah, I made this. Yeah. Why mud, Chris? Ty Sheridan, Reese Witherspoon, Matthew McConaughey, the one of the greatest American directors in uh, Jeff Nichols. You know him from uh, Take Shelter. Yeah. Uh, recently, Loving. Crushed in that usually gets some sort of, if it's not an actor, the film usually gets some kind of praise or mm-hmm. near Oscar worthy. <coughs> I know we go by uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I actually was, I was a little nervous what Rotten Tomatoes is going to have it at, and it's 97%. Really? Yeah. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it was weird because it released like it was an indie film, and I specifically stayed away from it, not knowing much about Jeff Nichols at the time, because I saw McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon. I'm like, oh, this is some stupid backwoods romantic comedy bullshit. No. Was it like Failure Failure to Launch? It was not like Failure to oh. Launch. Terry Bradshaw was in it, though. It was kind of I strange. saw that in the theater. He played the sheriff. Now, um, it's just a gritty story about uh, a river, river town in Arkansas, some crazy stuff that happens. It mixes a little bit of that... That childhood adventure that you get out of like Stand By Me and stuff like that. Goonies? Um, little of that, but it was much more real. Oh. Faced uh, people getting removed from their homes that have lived there for a really long time. Tell me of... Chester Copperpot wasn't real. In well, movies. hey. Uh, hit, a lot of, uh, hit a lot of small town issues that I was like, oh, that's interesting. They're going after that. But all in all, it's just uh, great acting and a crazy story and all that. So it's one I think of the most... Um, when it comes to it, I, I was a little embarrassed. Like, damn, was this all McConaughey? This, this, you'll see more of that. But mm-hmm. I've watched, I'm trying to think of the decade. I've watched uh, the movie Interstellar a bunch. And then... Uh, Is there a line from that? Murph. Oh. Um, and do you, do you, don't you usually go online and watch the Cadillac commercials? All the time. All the time. All the time. That's how I spend I my spare time. I think we realized this decade that Chris has a, I mean... Yeah. It's a McConaughey thing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a, it's kind of your thing. I, uh, Man crush, maybe. Yeah. That's fine. Definitely. And it was and it was tough too because I was thinking I was like, ah, Django was right there too. I think that was 2012, mm-hmm. 11, something like that. So Django was like my one B for the for okay. movies personally. I almost copped out. I I stopped myself 
I think. Maybe I put two. I had several with two answers. And then I was like, no, that's not what we're doing. It was really tough, though, because you could have made a fun top five. But, yeah, I'm going with mud. Love it. And uh, I thought it was uh, very well made. And Travis? I landed on Avengers Endgame. Uh, It's the culmination of a decade of, like, this was the decade when it comes to cinema. Sorry, Martin Scorsese. Mm. Uh, But this was, uh, the cinema was essentially saved by superheroes, whether it was uh, Batman, whether it was uh, Superman, and, uh, and of course the Avengers. It was the end of 10 plus years put together by the folks at Marvel. A string of different movies, almost episodic, 22 coming to a conclusion and it turned out to be the highest grossing film in of all time and it was just fun i was you telling gardening by money no i actually judged things by the experience uh, it was one it was the first about time black panther black panther was fun because that was going to be a community thing the end game story for me was just the culmination of great storytelling and the experience of being excited to go to the movies like i was like nervous about getting tickets and I, I just remember how my folks would talk about how folks ran to the theaters for Star Wars and what it meant to them. And it was just a, this galvanizing once-in-a-lifetime experience. That's kind of what I felt like with Avengers Endgame. You had these cool characters they built up over this entire decade all come to their closing end. And it was, it was satisfying. And you can't say that a lot about entertainment these days when it comes to things like that. My cockness almost made me select... A Wes Anderson movie. I should have known. The Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. But instead, I went with a phenomenon, a cultural phenomenon okay. for my movie of the decade, Sharknado. Jesus Christ, help us. What it turned into, what is it, five or six movies it had turned into Yeah. on sci-fi. It launched other ideas. I mean, without Sharknado, we probably don't have Zombievers. No. Which also has cameos by John Mayer and Bill Burr as truck as truck drivers in that movie. Uh, but Sharknado had, I don't know, how they, how, just try to rank the cameos in it. It was a cultural phenomenon. No, no, how did it, it, it explains some of social media during this decade oh, and wow. what that can do to just a ridiculous idea. And elevated up. Turned into how many movies? Tur- yeah, like I think it was six. And there was real money made. Yeah. So that's why it had a it, it had a cultural impact, and out of nowhere, and I can appreciate that. So it was between Sharknado and the Crane Budapest Hotel. Nice. So it was Sharknado. I went with Sharknado I just because it, of Sharknado the weirdness beat out of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Hotel. Yeah, and that's hard for my whiteness to say with Jesus. a Wes Anderson movie. Jesus. You know. So. Right. But you guys, yeah. So you went with. Sharknado I went with the cult. What was your What was your next in line? Do you Do you remember? It's actually, t- it's crazy what you forget. Too. I mean, uh, yeah, I think at the, yeah, J- uh, J- Django was pretty good yeah. because it was, it was, it was pretty fucking courageous storytelling, um, uh, if you ask me. And it was entertaining as hell. Um, yeah, I would probably put that as my 1B. Okay. Uh, up next, we'll do a TV show of the decade. TV show of the decade <sighs> for you. Now, Chris went with 
I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> oh, man. I'm I, sensing I a, a theme here. I, True Detective. This is a good call, season. but this is a good call. This is tough to argue. I mean, it's 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 got everything. There's even like it just you just the the aweness of of the whole thing, and then how they go super deep into the craziness, and then it's just is it a story about murders happening, or is it the destruction of two men's lives? Like what's happening, and all the while. They bust out what was that episode seven uh, where they're in the projects, one of the most oh, intensely the shot, shot film. Damn, I gotta go back and watch that now. Ever, I gotta go it back and watch that. It's uh, it's probably one of the best believable television episodes of the last decade. I agree. And True Detective is a good one. You're right. It's hard when to. Chris argue. told me True Detective season one was his pick. It also, of course, made me think of. Oh no! Go ahead, Chris. I think human consciousness is a tragic misstep in evolution. We became a too self-aware. Nature created an aspect of nature separate from itself. We're creatures. Oh, where would I go? We're, uh, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I gotta, I gotta, we're creatures that should not exist by natural law. We're things that labor under the illusion of having a self and <laughs> creation of sensory experience and feeling. Programmed with total assurance that we are each somebody, when in fact everybody is nobody. Exactly. Maybe the honorable thing for our species to do is to deny our programming, stop reproducing, walk hand in hand in extinction. One last midnight, brothers and sisters opting out of a raw deal. That's and I want to say, that's true. Woody Harrelson. That speaks to me. Woody Harrelson's. Uh, Why are you shaking your head? Character's response was like the best. He's like you're weird, like something like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, huge, uh, huge fan of True Detective season one. I'm trying to think. I'm a huge fan of that line. Yeah. As a series, Stranger Things has kind of done it for me recently. I'm really into that. But mm -hmm. Breaking Bad was my hard number two, if not 1A.1. Breaking Bad ended uh, in the 2010 decade. So that was super tough for me not to not to figure that out. Speaking of, Travis? I had to go with it. Yeah. It was... Again, I, I'm I'm big on experience, and, and the reason why I chose Endgame, and it's almost the same reason why I chose Breaking Bad. Like you just you get in your gut where you get excited to watch something, and that's what it was like uh, with Breaking Bad. Like it was just fun, original, artistic, and in many ways beautiful storytelling about a mild-mannered man essentially getting eaten up by his own ego, and. It is, it is such a brilliant performance. Brian Cranston just put on a master class, and it's, it's uh, no matter what he does for the rest of his career, that is the that is the staple for his career, and he should be very proud of that. Mm. You know? Did you not watch Malcolm in the Middle? I did, I did, but I just thought his performance in Breaking Bad was just uh, something we I haven't We're seen on television. Dentist Tim Watley in Seinfeld. He was <laughs> anti-dentite. Tom Brown suggesting the show of the decade was The Good Place. Good Place was solid. Good, good Place was good money. Good show. Very good show. But as far as Breaking Bad, we're talking about a phenomenon that essentially was dead in the water and was resurrected by Netflix. Uh, folks got an opportunity to start binging the seasons, the first two seasons, and it looked like it was just going to be a, a floater for AMC, and it became one of the biggest television phenomenons of all time. So I just the things it's done for people's career, Vince Gilligan go from X-Files to creating something like this, the world that is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Like, ah, I just love that show so much. So thrilling and a great finish. 
even with El Camino. It's a beautiful, beautiful series. I still haven't watched El Camino. I'm, it's good, ner- I'm nervous. It's good stuff. It's just All good right. writing. It's just good. And my show of the decade, television show of the decade, I watch it every night. I, when I, I know eat what dinner. it is, boys and girls. Bob's Burgers. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought it was going to be Ancient Aliens. No. Bob's Burgers is solid, though. That's a very good. Proud pick. of you because I was worried. I thought it was going to be Ancient Aliens. Uh, Bob's considered. Burgers is a good show. That is a funny ass show. Yeah. Great voice characters. I mean, T- Tina's one of my favorites. I know a lot of people gravitate towards Louise. No, she's Tina, out Tina's, there. Tina's big in the social medias. Well, and Tina has like the night terrors where she thrashes when she sleeps. <laughs> and if you watch the, the episode where she crashes the car, the lead up to her crashing the car at the beginning of the episode, because she does the thing where she gets nervous and she goes, uh, and just, there's no other car in the parking lot. She just hits that one. It's fantastic. That's a fantastic episode. That's um, Good call on Bob's Burgers. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Bob, Bob's Burgers is the, that's what I, when I want to relax at home, if I'm going to try to binge anything, I'm not good at binging, it's going to be Bob's Burgers, or The Good Place is one that I have been able to do as it's, well. It's brilliant storytelling, all three of those. Uh, a True Detective, Breaking Bad, Bob's Burgers, those are just f- storytellers. And it was it's it's emblematic of the golden age of television. Like storytellers, just like fuck it, I'm just gonna do it, <laughs> and it's really well done. It's really I'm, I'm, those are good calls, guys. Uh, we have a couple uh, listeners so far. People mm-hmm. chiming in. Kim gives you a big uh, yes on the Bob's Burgers. Okay, great. Also, Kim suggested The Revenant as uh, top never, movies. Never seen it. Won't see it. Yeah, got to Gardner. So good. It nope. is such a. <laughs> A so, brutal movie. Oh, it's so brutal. Why do I so want to well see made. that? It is. It is. It is just a tour de force, as the kids call. How it. do you know? Like the bears don't. Like, Man, look, bear would have won. I don't believe it. A bear did win. That's that. that did they it didn't kill cut. Him? They did didn't cut. Cor- no. Then no, no. I think the Leo ended up killing the bear. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. But it was by it was by luck, I think. Is that what happened to Revenant? Did, did, did he, he kill the bear? He shot it, and then uh, they ran upon it and finished it off, right? Yeah, I thought that's what yeah. happened. Okay, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I don't believe it. Are you crazy? No? Yeah? Okay. All right, what do we got next? Your song of the decade. Song of All the right. decade. Now, in this one, Chris did have a tie. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't deny the uh, I couldn't deny the popularity of uh, "Lose Yourself to Dance" uh, with Daft Punk and Pharrell, and then uh, personally, I went with uh, Jason Isbell's uh, "Elephant" off of Southeastern. So yeah, again, if I would have went harder core on the just Chris picks, I'd, I'd probably go with "Elephant." But uh, "Lose Yourself to Dance" like you That's could hear it everywhere, and it was like it held credibility. Um, and That's I didn't ever really get tired of it. It's a, I haven't gotten tired of it. Yeah. I've yet to get tired of that song. I love uh, that freaking song. Mm-hmm. Elephant's just like quintessential, uh, one of the greatest songs ever written. The story told, like, holy yeah. shit. Uh, so, yeah. And then watching him ascend has been fun, too. Yeah, it has. And that's, I appreciate Isbel just because he reminds me more of the type of country music and artists that I like, like Towns Van Zandt and those types that are, like, writers mm-hmm. the writers are where it's at yeah that's what you've even with like um chris stapleton mm-hmm. you know i'm not completely like head over heels like others are with him but i respect a lot of the work he does because he's the writer type mm-hmm. and those are where the songs come because you can feel the songs then then you know the stories 
Like you can hear them when you hear other people sing. You're like, oh, this is too polished. Mm-hmm. Like, give me something more real. And I get that from Isabel. Absolutely, and it's been fun watching him. You know, go from member of the drive-by truckers with a drinking problem to mm-hmm. you know a huge, well-respected, just the man. Yeah. So yeah, those are my uh, my picks. Those okay. are that was tough. I had a few others that uh, I I tried to base it off of like what I listened to or watched the mm-hmm. most, right? Like what proved itself, and you're not just saying what you think other people want you to hear. And it's so. re-listenable to you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. Travis goes with swimming pools. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Kendrick Lamar uh, exploded in this past decade, and he he really brought back that West Coast rap flair. Like West Coast rap has always been known to be in, you know, it's very much tied to to the gang culture. Where Kendrick Lamar took a different perspective from the gang culture that we don't often talk about. And that's of course the fallout from gang culture in the community. And he rapped about those things and this song swimming pools being that of addiction, being that of alcoholism. And that's something that just wasn't rapped about or even discussed uh, in black music circles. And Kendrick turned it into a hit. He exploded. Of course, he became a huge artist this decade uh, and it was just, it's just one of those songs where it's a good vibing song. It's a good song that talks about a message. And it's from an artist that I think going into the next decade will probably turn out to be maybe this generation's Jay-Z. Is there a video where, or what, a song, music video where Kendrick goes like through LA or something like that? Uh, the only reason I'm asking is because I was explaining our picks to my friend Sean last mm-hmm. night. And Sean's like, oh, I like the one where he's going, he's like going through L.A. and doing stuff, and he's all, it's all crazy. And then, so it's probably most. So then most I made John listen to, to some more Kendrick Lamar, and he's like, yeah, I still like. It's a little slow for me, but I, it's, it's all right, it's all right. It's good, yeah. It's just good, just vibe and music. Mm-hmm. But Kendrick has uh, shown himself to be perhaps one of the most premier, if not the premier, rapper currently in the industry, and uh, he's as. as as he exploded this past decade, I, I'm, I'm expecting him to really turn into a bit of a, a legend in the upcoming decade. My song comes off a 2010 album called The Suburbs by Arcade ah, Fire. Of course. The song being Sprawl 2, Mountains Beyond Mountains. I'm not surprised by the Arcade Fire pick. I am surprised by the song. Do you think I would pick The Suburbs itself? Yes. <laughs> I could. I mean, Sprawl 2 is the same thing, though. Dead shopping malls rise like mountains beyond mountains. Mm. Growing up in the suburbs. That's where I grew up. Yeah. It speaks to me. RK Fire selling out Bush Stadium? Uh, it depends no. on if they really? have... They ain't doing stadiums? Never mind. Oh, wait. Curses. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Give your reasoning. My mistake. Oh, are they performing other concerts that year? I mean, or are they doing like the Garth the Brooks thing? Okay. Where other uh, concerts that would be in the Midwest? What if there's not any? Okay. So if there's not, like a lot of things have to go their way to sell out Bush Stadium. Could they? Yes, but it would be because things are limited in terms of what their tour dates are to where people would travel from other places to see them. That's the only way it would happen. So if they're on a regular tour, no then no, it's not going to happen. Um, but I went with Sprawl 2. Also, what's the, the line I like? Uh, these days my life, I feel it has no purpose. Mm. Oh, 
That's okay. a tough one. Right. Now, what about... Uh, Speaks to me, too. Royce saying that Adele 21 is the one that stands out. Good album. What's the album? Is, there, is that a song? I think that's the album. No, okay. sure. Is that the one with Hello? I thought so. Now, I want to go back She's and listen force. to... Uh, a force. If you watch uh, that, someone on BBC Radio, I think, took uh, Sir David Attenborough and took that video... Because there's like, I guess the first minute of the video is just like a car pointing into an empty house. Oh, and, and they had him narrate. They had him the narrate the beginning of the video. That's good stuff. It's, it's fantastic. That's good stuff. All right, so there's our uh, songs of the decade. Now our sports moment. Ah, I'm curious to hear what Demons is. This is, there were some really solid Obvious. moments. I think I know what it is because I think it's probably mine as well. Chris's is? There it is. David Freeze, Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. Of course, you had the triple in the ninth. And then extra innings, you had the game-winning walk-off home run. Hmm. As I sat there conceding defeat, wondering if I was going to throw a fit or shake the Rangers fans' hands that were sitting near me, mm -hmm. as surely uh, that fly to, to right field was getting caught, um, the James change Chris. of emotions that uh, that came over me were uh, unbelievable. This was 2011, so a little further back in the decade, but I don't know that it gets any better than that a ho with the hometown guy and the the stakes and the and then also what happened after that? Like mm -hmm. what the hell? Well, I mean, they lost franchise. that game four or five times. Yeah, they lost yeah. the game four or five times. And yeah. we focus on that moment you and forget. like we hear too, like it's a sports moment. But the setup to that moment, yeah. remembering on late August, August 25th, I think it was, they were 11 or 11 and a half back. Ele like double digits. There's like a, that, that there's a tweet run. tweet out there from a friend of mine that he's like, nah, the Cardinals are done. Yeah. Yeah. And then that run at the end of the regular season, late mm -hmm. August into September, to even get there, mm -hmm. and everything that happened in between sets. All, it, it was just. Says, this has been a crutch for the Cardinals Everything. executive since. Like, Absolutely. oh, well, look what happened in 2011. I do look at that and say, wow, that was special and that was unique. There's a reason why the word is unique that I use is because it doesn't happen very often and it's hard to repeat. And that's what makes it so special. Right. And that game in particular, I was at Larry J's off Weber Road in the border of South County, South City, watching it with the angry cabbie and a few other friends. And I still say, if that game goes any f longer, I will not remember it. I would not have remembered it. I had too many drinks in me. There was too many shots going around to take away cigarettes being smoked. And then Freeze does that, and my friend is fireman carrying me around the bar. I had to make him put me down because I did have to pee at the time, mm. and I was in no Position, way to yeah. control that bladder like I should normally yeah, be able yeah, to. Understandable. But like, I wouldn't have remembered that game if it had gone any longer. I mean, you look at what Josh Hamilton with the home run in extra innings, what Berkman had to do. I mean, that, that game was lost so many times, but it was the setup to that as well. It was so much more, you know, in the regular season that just delivered. And that was fantastic. So that was Chris's. And Chris, I had to agree with you 50% uh, as the hometown oh, guy. Come but on. LeBron James. <laughs> oh. Here's why, and here's, and here's why. Oh. 
Oh, Here's why. You have to understand this that this painful. year, but I don't, I don't think people truly appreciate. In 2011, when LeBron lost to the Dallas Mavericks, this decade, uh, it was probably the most fulfilling moment for LeBron haters, mm-hmm. for people who said he couldn't do it, he wasn't worthy of the move, he wasn't worthy of the title. Um, and so it was his worst moment. He's even acknowledged this recently uh, in his professional career where he was at his lowest. And he said it even got to a point where he lost his love for the game. So then let's fast forward to LeBron now going face-to-face, head up with a Golden State Warriors team that was on the verge of being the greatest basketball team of all time they had broken the bulls best regular season record and they were well on their way in a dominant series clincher 3-1 and lebron james went bonkers we're talking 42 points a game we're talking 14 boards we're talking eight assists we're talking guy just went out of his mind from a 3-1 deficit with a hurt Kevin Love and a young Kyrie Irving, they rally against the fucking Golden State Warriors. I'm trying to listen to you, but Trumpy Bear stared at me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Trumpy Bear. Hold on, put his, get his hair right. Thank you. But it was such a, it was so improbable, and that team was so great that Golden State Warriors team, and for LeBron to do what he did, went on the road in the Game Seven and bring in the city of Cleveland its first championship. In decades. Travis is a longtime Clevelander. That meant the world to you. No, I'm saying as far as accomplishments in sports history, especially in NBA history, it is up there with it's one of the greatest accomplishments in the sports history. Hmm. 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors, the best team that had only lost nine games in the regular season. I would have went with LeBron's. Challenging Daryl Morey's freedom of speech, but oh that's boy, just Jesus. me. Oh boy. Personally, that would mean more. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of you went with the Blues winning their first Stanley Cup nah. franchise history. That was dope. That was really dope. It was awesome. It, it was, was awesome. Really cool to see. It was really cool to see. Oh, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, very dope. Very well, cool. Went with LeBron season. over. Yeah, I did. Sorry. Over the Blues. I, mean, yeah. I don't think people understand how <laughs> oh, we great understand. of an accomplishment that was to beat that Warriors team. We're talking Steph Curry, MVP, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. It was so bad, it forced them to go out and get Kevin Durant to beat LeBron James. You needed three Hall of Famers to beat one guy. That's fucking impressive. Well, somebody's got to pick the Blue Stanley Cup run. There it is. <laughs> glory, glory. And it ain't going to be me, though. Oh. My sports moment <laughs> of the decade. Of is Snoop Dogg performing at Late Night in the Fog at yes. Kansas basketball practice earlier this year with yes. strippers on poles and uh, the dog smoking a blunt. That, that is, is my sports moment of the year. That's a great Or not of the, of the decade, sorry. It's in the fog, fog, which is even better because we know we, we know mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg for the mm-hmm. weed. And then it's a perfect symbol of the corruption in the NCAA and at Kansas with He's the strippers. Money. money being thrown up in the air. Oh, I love Guys it. smoking a blunt. What a, what a, I give Gardner credit. That's a good call. That's my sports moment of the decade, you know, because one I almost didn't remember. Hockey, I'm not. Is into hockey as other sports. I'm more of a baseball was, guy. High, the, high, the Blues run was amazing and once in a lifetime yeah. and everything. Yeah. But I mean, like, honestly, like, for me personally, if, like, Kansas went on a run in basketball this year, that 
means more to me than a Stanley Cup. It just does. I just care about it more. Right. So that's me. Don't yell at me. Oh, please do. I look for confrontation now, apparently, for some reason. All it's right. a thing, yeah. Our next pick, death. Mm, this should be interesting. There's some very death difficult deaths in the 2010s uh, through 2019. What do we got? All right. Chris is first. Robin Williams. Good call, Chris. Good call. Just uh, so so sad, tragic, unexpected. Sad. Yeah, yeah. guy brought joy to everyone and... You find out he was dealing with a bunch of health issues, and he was just miserable. And it's tough. That was one where you're just like, "Oh no, that didn't need to happen." Personally, the uh, the Brody Stevens one was pretty wild was because tough. we that saw how people nowhere. reacted. Yeah. Um, in the just the comedy world, but as far as just impact and like, uh, again, I say unnecessary. You can go anytime, whatever. Felt unnecessary, or that we got robbed a little bit, and he'd lived a full life, but. You know, he had he had a, a ways to go. You Man, we think, got robbed. So. We definitely yeah. got robbed. It was we 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 definitely wanted thought we had more years of Robin Williams ahead of us, and yeah, it he's yeah that one hurt. That one was like that was a that was a moment where I think when it hit Twitter, I think everybody was like, all right, we got to sit down. Mm-hmm. That was a moment. I thought, no matter where you were, you just had to be like, all right, I know I was about to go run errands, but I need five minutes because Robin Williams is a guy that. We kind of counted on when we were feeling shitty, mm-hmm. and so we felt we like we lost a part of ourselves when he left because it was a guy that every time you saw him, you're like, man, that's Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. That's Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was a tough one. All right. Travis, you had a tie for I had a tie with this one um, and because they were both very unexpected, and they had a huge impact on the culture, and I had Prince and Nipsey Hussle. We'd already know uh, Prince's impact on just the culture in general um but he was uh as big of an icon as as you can think of um and uh it was just one that you just again very unexpected and nipsey hustle uh that this year which man it feels like years he's been gone but he happened earlier this year uh he just meant a lot it was again one of those voices that you expected to be around for a long time and a guy that was doing not only a lot for his own career legitimately putting his community to work uh like employing people in his community and doing whatever he can to up where he came from to change everyone's situation he wasn't he didn't he could have moved to bel-air he could have moved to malibu but he stayed in the neighborhood because he wanted people to see what success looked like and how they can come from where he came from and do great things in their lives so as far as their impact on the culture those were why i had to go with a tie with prince and nipsey i could have gone with a tie David Bowie would have been there for me. Um, but I chose another music icon. A country music icon. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Merle Haggard. There he is. Oh, boy. Uh, is, now, is, is the reason being that you are allegedly responsible for his I'm passing? Not, I did not give Merle Haggard oh. double pneumonia. Okay. Died on his birthday. Yeah. At the age of 79. Yeah. But he gave so much to the world. What a he he's one of those like old country music stars that I like. Uh his style. And, 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 and he would take songs too, like Blaze Foley wrote the song uh If I Could Only Fly. Hmm. Blaze Foley was friends with Towns Van Zant, kinda ran in those circles. But turns like a song by a true writer into, you know, a 
a noted song in his catalog. And uh, I can appreciate Merle. And I, look, it doesn't stick with me that people accuse me of being responsible in some way for his demise. Yeah, it bothers me. But I'm here to state my innocence. I did not hurt Merle Haggard. Why would I hurt such a gentle soul. Doth protest too much. Yeah, bringing it up a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't. Pr- I think there's I get radio it in my face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, look. That day we were playing the birthday game on that radio show, and I just screwed up the days. That's all, and said he was fine. A minute later, literally a minute later, the alert went out that he had passed. The timing was just off that day. That's all. Like if I hadn't been on the air when his death was announced. Mm-hmm. I still probably would have had issues. Yeah, you probably had some But Merle Haggard is is my death of the day. I, I can... hmm. Yeah. Thank. You. Thanks, yeah, Trav. No problem. Nice. All right. We move on to our story of the decade. All right. What did Chris have? Story add? of the decade. Chris went with Edward Snowden. Ooh, I like this call by Chris. Good I like one. This I like photo. this. I like this. <laughs> That is a good photo. Like that's fr- that's a like, stock photo from the film Hackers. He's <laughs> like, bitch, you already know I know your business. Uh, before we go any further, uh, Michael in the comments says Harambe as a story. That was mm. that captivated Twitter that was, for a good week, oof, two weeks. Yeah. That was powerful stuff. Uh, yeah, the Edward Snowden stuff, um, and he's still exiled. Like he's still out there, just like living in Russia, which is really, really weird. Uh, Edward Snowden as we know, kind of basically just shed light on saying like, hey, <laughs> guess what? They're all listening and watching. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys see him as a hero or an enemy? Because it's, it's been funny because it's flipped. It's went from like he was like um, a left, like left wing hated him, then right wing, and then now everybody hates him. And then there's people that are like, are you kidding me? You, he told us what you all were doing and you were supposed to tell us what you were doing. So I don't know. Pretty controversial figure um, on the list of like they haven't gotten him yet. <laughs> like you think like oof, I guess he doesn't have compromising tales of uh, underage tomfoolery on mm. private jets and islands. But um, yeah, he's an American whistleblower. I mean, he he the information he put out there that basically kind of affirmed everybody's worries and and the like. Very, very wild when you look back I, and I, see. Yeah, I don't know how I, I... I definitely don't think he's a villain. However, I don't know if he's a hero either. I think he exposed something that I'm I'm happy was exposed. I, I think a lot of it we maybe sort of suspected, but to see it in... Yeah, I assumed. Yeah, it will, but to see it in full color, and the way he... Like, the way he... I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a perfect way to have done that, um, but I, I think he did shed a lot of light on things that a lot of Americans, a lot of people across the globe should find very, mm-hmm. very troubling, yeah. certainly. So, Travis, you went with? I went with the raid of Osama bin Laden, uh, mainly because it was, I think, the last time uh, we galvanized as a country. Like the last time where it was for that moment, that brief moment where we were like, fuck yeah, okay, we did that. Like it was the flat, like it was the, I don't know, I don't recall a time throughout the decade where we had a lot of those moments where we could like, hey man, 
we did that. Like we, as a country, it was just very galvanizing. And then, of course, what we knew of Bin Laden, Bin Laden was fucking a modern day human version of Thanos. Like he was the, the bad guy. He was the big bad. And for it to come about the way that it did, it felt it had a Hollywood feel to it. So you had a, this, US, a U.S. created villain. They armed Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's Definitely. so crazy Definitely. how that changes. And that just shows you, too, the, the business behind the ideologies and who we're for and who we're against. You go with a, you go, a, with a guy you, that you go, what do you need? We got you. Well, and, and, to the most. Well, look at what Castro was. when he right? were, Like, Castro was a revolutionary. And that's what makes him so despicable, is that he gave people hope mm. that there would be change and that he would have a revolution and he did and then flipped it back at some point like turned his back on that and i I think when you look at like as far as despots that were left uh after saddam hussein we all figured that you know bin laden uh, was always going to be public enemy number one and it got to a point uh after george w it was ah we can't find him and so we just all thought that man this is just the guy that's just going to hide off in the caves and then we're going to look up one day and they're just going to say he's died of natural causes. So that's the idea that I don't know if people it said a lot about President Obama in the sense that uh, it showed how very methodical he was, but also reticent to truly, <laughs> you know, he understood the ramifications if this failed. So you, it, you, you saw a lot of the inner workings of a president at a pivotal moment in foreign policy history. And for him to pull that off and for the SEALs to do the job that they did and the intelligence agencies that were behind it, just to see America like, oh, shit, when we really get our shit together, we can do some crazy things and amazing things. And I, I kind of thought that story symbolized that. My, uh, my story of the decade, I almost went with Pam Hupp. <laughs> Thank God. Because of what's happened with it with Dateline and Keith Morrison and everything. Um, and it'll continue into the next decade. Okay. But my story of the decade is a story we refer to as Mm-mm. story of the year. Oh, Jesus mm. Christ. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Like my little post-it. I do. Mm. Eric Greitens. Me bringing down Eric Greitens. Former governor. No, you. You've infused my post. My post-it note on the what walls a, of the Capitol. What a... S- of all the stories we covered, certainly on the radio, what a squeamish story. It was a story that's just so right with oh, the worst kind of people. And Greitens being just the worst kind of human being. And having to cover it, oh, that was like, like just even talking about it when it was happening just felt like... God, I see, that, I see that mansion at least once a week. It was just... Ugh. It was gross. And, I, and when I go by it, I just stare at it. Walk right by it. Just stare at it and be like, man, this is where all that happened. That brought down the governor. And I mean, there, there was, I mean, but it was, it was Greitens' story itself. Right. But it all started with, you know, the sexual scandal. But then we got into dark money scandal. Yeah. Then we also got into issues with the prosecutor and their team and what was happening there. It was like there was things upon things upon things upon things yeah. happening with this saga that I was, you know, entrenched in watching and 
wanting to see what was happening with it. Like it, it yeah, I gravi- I I mean, I just I gravitated towards that story because there were things constantly happening that weren't always tied to with what the original story was. It either. was so, it was so gross. Uh, the whole thing again, yeah, from the prosecuting standpoint to the to the lawyers and the defense to the just, and you had you had high you had high name lawyers involved too. You had Rosenblum. You had I mean, look, we heard from I mean, Chuck Hatfield is a recognizable name to lawyers around the area and the state. We had we had lines from the lawyers that would deliver. In America it's still okay to have cash money. You had that from Hatfield. Then of course you had Al Watkins. That's my favorite one, Chris. If I was into tongue kissing men with glasses, I'd be tongue kissing you right now. And when the he was a Jason Rosenbaum, <laughs> St. Louis Public Radio, that same Al Watkins was sitting before a House committee testifying and talked about the governor's dick in particular. Said the governor's dick got him in this trouble. Like that was from the lawyers. That was from the lawyers, not from any other thing. The damn lawyers. I got that line, and I forgot what else made this story so unseemly. Ah, yes. That statement that's now on public record forever. And then it all started. Remember his tenure starting with his speech. Your days are numbered. I will defeat you. I will expose your lies. I will root out your corruption. And I will see you out of the people's capital, even if inside of the statue of Thomas Jefferson, I have to throw you down the steps of the Capitol myself. That's how it all started. That's how his campaign started. That's where it all began. With threats of assault. How do we do that? Threats of assault that led to... Eric Greitens is a conservative warrior, and when he fights back, he brings out the big guns. Shooting guns in campaign ads. Hmm. And we end with how it did. What a decade. Yeah. What a story. That was the story of the decade for me. The story of, of the, the year. year. Hmm. And finally... We have our tweet mm-hmm. of the decade. All right, what do we got? Our tweet of the decade. Chris is. Mm. I don't remember many. I'm not. I don't remember too many tweets. Um, and I'm. I. It was tough to not just go with one of Trump's that just set off the whole world or something just because of that. But I'll take care of it. I like. Uh, I like the fact that it was like it was like wow, this is the age we live in. The guy that I remember talking about his shoe size in 1993 in 2000. What size does Shaq wear? 22 or something. I thought that would be something like you would know. Like I think I do. I did know. It's a size 21 or 22, something like that. It's just one of those things that dumb kids talk about. I just remember being a child and then going from that to like you would get a, you'd watch him on TV maybe once a week or something to he retired on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That was just like a big turning point where I was like, oh, wow. That's a thing. Um, yeah, where the previous no decade, down. Mark McGuire retired via fax, I well, believe. There is ESPN. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, for me personally, I can't think of a ton. And if I would have went, if I would have got too far down the rabbit hole, I would have found one that somebody yeah. like retweeted or uh, did, and or the the Justine uh, was it Justine, the woman who tweeted she going to Africa. Oh yeah. yeah, like that one was pretty like eye opening of like what. The power of your words can do these days, yeah. etc. Um, but I, I just none come up a lot. So that one was. Well, most Shaq meant me. a lot to you in your youth. 
Shaq was amazing. He's a treasure, right? Still is to this day. So yeah, he was. Uh, that was that was wild. He's running Papa John's now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Basically, that's, that's how new, I view it. He's the new face of Papa John's. <laughs> Smart, <laughs> bro. Like Shaq's. Well uh, done. All right, Travis, your tweet of the decade goes to at curled bitch. Kids in 2019, when I grow up, I'm going to global warming. Mm. Face of Nicki Minaj, like ah. <laughs> I love the I love these kind of tweets throughout the decade. Uh, they're incredibly hilarious. <laughs> I think they're just so fucking funny. Classic black Twitter. Classic, and I you know how I feel about my memes. You know how mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the gifs, the gifs. But I like this one. This one's pretty mm-hmm. funny because I love global warming humor. What's she uh, saying? Oh, child? <laughs> like, Negro, please. Ain't gonna be no future. Uh, but I love global warming tweets. You had a global warming tweet over the last decade. I probably favorited or retweeted it a hundred times. So, yeah, that was a beauty. Yeah, that's nice. That's that, and that kind of gets to the black Twitter communication, too. Yes. So that's why I, I appreciate that one. That's a funny, and it's short and sweet. When I grow up, I, yeah. <laughs> global warming's like, bitch, um, please, you ain't growing. I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think that's going <laughs> to it's sad and funny mm. at the same time, but the weather this week has yeah. been absolutely phenomenal. Oh. I'll take it. Uh, if this is global warming, I'll take it. Right, man. Yale Hollander reminding us. He says, no love for hashtag Coney 2012. Racist as hell. Mm. Oh, that was a thing. And oh, God, that did happen. And, did oh, that God, guy get drunk? You know, he got, he, they were like, there was a story where he was nude running through the streets off his meds or yeah. something. I was like, if there was ever a the, case for the, someone getting to someone and making mm-hmm. like, using the media against someone like i was like man was this guy set up to look like this or was he crazy all along yeah. God, it's it, it was the weirdest viral phenomenon gail's right i so strange it was so and it happened literally overnight it was literally an overnight viral moment. like we were like what the fuck is going on why are why is this a thing like it was it was a very god i don't know how that was that's a, I can't wait for that documentary. That documentary is going to be weird. There hasn't been one, yeah. yeah. In my tweet of the decade, I had a tie. Kofefe. I considered that, oh. but I did narrow it down to one person. I figured I had to. My runner-up is from Donald J. Trump. Mm-mm. Happy Cinco de Mayo. The best taco bowls are made in Trump Tower Grill. I love Hispanics. Jesus. <laughs> And then my top tweet of the decade from August 6, 2012, my birthday. An extremely credible source has called my office and told me that Barack Obama's birth certificate is a fraud. Mm. And that would lead us down a path, a very dark path, of which we're still on. Yeah, I can't believe that was the moment where, um, fuck. So that's why it's my tweet of the decade. That guy became president of the fucking United States. And now we have a Trumpy bear. And here he is. Mm-hmm. Bear form and all. Mm. Everything that Gartner and I are afraid of. All, 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 together. all together. In one child's toy. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's are you more afraid of the Trumpy bear or the flag? I'm talking about that. Okay. Uh Guys, that's, that's been the decade. Yeah, great picks by everybody. Hope everybody enjoyed that. We need a higher love. We oh. uh, we've got weekend coming up. Uh, we hope everybody stays safe, all that good stuff. But uh, we're gonna do shows pretty much regular next week outside of New Year's Day. So we'll be on on the air New Year's Eve, 
all that other stuff. Uh, just a reminder, subscribe on Midcoast's YouTube channel. Even if you don't use YouTube much, throw us some love, baby. Uh, you guys got anything else? Any shout-outs you need to say goodbye? or We'll oh, just see you Monday. All huh? good. All right. Big thanks to everybody once again for coming out to comedy last night. Hey, JPD. So hey, Lair Dog. So fun. Oh, say hi to them. And uh, we appreciate that. Thanks to Vicky for my wonderful uh, mug I'm using Ooh. here. And uh, to Big Mike for the, uh, the Trumpy Thanks, bear. Big yeah. Mike. I think that's our shout-out. Yeah. He gets it all. That's right. We're back live Monday, 8 a.m. See you then. Bye.